Let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word, give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds might be open to know your truth and understand your way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10. You can follow along in page 10 of your pew Bibles. Listen now for God's word to you and to me. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of the Lord. In September of last year, 49 migrants landed in Martha's Vineyard after being put on a plane chartered by the state of Texas. While most of the Venezuelan migrants quickly moved on to other cities better equipped to handle them, Desi, Daniel, and Elliot stayed. In a recent interview, they recounted how they felt like cattle when they were dropped off and told to knock on doors around town. Some people, Daniel recalls, were passing out and having panic attacks. Thankfully, members of Martha's Vineyard community opened their doors to these migrants, and a year later, Desi is now working as a landscaper, while her husband, Daniel, and her cousin, Elliot, have jobs in painting and in roofing. When Daniel talks to his family on FaceTime almost every day, he urges them to be patient to wait. His two-year-old son, Ronaldo, is not patient, what two-year-old is, and he always asks his papa, when will you be home? I'm already home, Daniel replies. One day, he reminds his son, he will also be home with him. Who was the last person you received into your home, into your life, into your heart? Who was the last person you believe God sent to you? Today's passage is the conclusion of a sermon Jesus gives on Christian mission. It's a message about both the challenges and the opportunities of proclaiming in both word and deed the good news of the gospel to the world, who is at times both eager and resistant to hear it. Jesus' message to the church ends with today's passage about the rewards of hospitality. He says, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. This promise of a reward for hospitality served two purposes. It first encouraged churches to support and commission missionaries by clarifying just how important their work was to God. But this promise also served to soften the hearts of those who would encounter these missionaries from afar. The message to them was clear. Those who receive God's workers are as blessed as the workers are themselves. 
It's no wonder this passage was essential to the spread of the gospel in the early days of the church. But what about today? What does this passage have to say to people of faith who live in a time when the nature and the focus and even the purpose of Christian mission has drastically and thankfully changed? After centuries of Christian mission workers making it all about saving souls and opening the doors to heaven, after years of missionaries ignoring the customs and traditions and practices of those they sought to save, after millennia of the insertion of imperialism into the heart of evangelism, we as a church are atoning for our sins. We are changing how we do mission. Today, Christian missionaries are far less inclined to hand out Bibles or to baptize a whole village in mosques. Missionaries today, more often than not, proclaim the good news, proclaim the gospel through their actions, through their presence. They build homes, offer medical care, and give assistance during humanitarian crises. Instead of saving souls, they seek to love and serve them. Cindy Carell is a mission co-worker from Haiti, supported by several local Presbyterian congregations, including our own. In May, Cindy came to First Pres to talk about her work with the people of Haiti, which has been on pause because of the pandemic and civil unrest in the country. In her remarks, Cindy didn't share how many souls she had saved. She talked about how heartbroken she was not to be able to be with the people of Haiti in their desperate time of need. She even used the word exiled to describe how it felt to be separated from those whose hospitality had turned the land of Haiti into her home. In his book, Living Without Enemies, the Reverend Sam Wells makes an observation. He makes an observation about where Jesus chooses to spend his time. If you analyze the life of Jesus, you'll notice he spends about a week working inside a religious institution like this one. Prior to that, he spends about three years helping people on his way to the temple, which means that Jesus spent the bulk of his life, 30 years, with the people where they live. And during that time, as much as Jesus served and taught and healed, he also let others serve and teach and heal him. He gave to others, no doubt, but he also received from them. He set tables, yes, but he also sat at them. He extended welcome to all kinds of people, and he's received by them as well. Jesus embraced the fullness of God's hospitality. One of the challenges people like us face, when I say people like us, I mean people who have everything we could possibly need. The challenge for people like us who are used to running the meeting or making the donation or hosting the party, one of the challenges we face in our journey of faith is that it can be really difficult for us, nearly impossible sometimes, to be on the receiving end of things. We are so much more comfortable giving to others than we are receiving from them. We are much more familiar with being the gracious host instead of the guest. 
In fact, I'm convinced one of the reasons the American church is in decline is because we have reduced hospitality to an act of giving, forgetting that hospitality is a two-way street. While international mission strategies have changed to reflect a deeper understanding of the inherent dignity and worth of each and every person, a worth given to them by God, in our local church context, we still operate as if our primary rule in our interactions with other people is to speak to them, to serve them, to welcome them, to give to them, rather than listen to, be served by, be welcomed by, or receive from them. It might surprise you to learn, it surprised me, it might surprise you to learn that while churches from the U.S. still send out the most missionaries into the world, the United States of America also receives from other countries the most missionaries annually. The United States of America is the world's largest mission field. We currently host more than 32,000 missionaries from other countries, more than any other nation in the world. This influx reflects the growth of churches in the global south and the wave of migrants moving to the U.S. from around the world. Which is interesting. Is this by accident? Or is this flipping of the script something God is behind? Despite being the wealthiest and one of the most powerful nations on the earth, more than any other nation, we are in a position to receive, to receive God's workers, to receive God's prophets, to receive God's wisdom. So I'll ask you again, who was the last person you received into your home, into your life, into your heart? Who was the last person you believe God sent to you? Two years ago, I went to my first Nehemiah action with members of risk from this congregation. It was a gathering at the downtown convention center with nearly 1,000 people of faith from all over the city who had gathered to ask our politicians to address issues like gun violence and safe and affordable housing. Now, risk Nehemiah action gets its name from the prophet Nehemiah, who returns to Jerusalem to find his people being exploited by their own. Instead of seeking to provide them direct services to address their needs, Nehemiah uses his influence to gather a great assembly, as he calls it, where the people confront the moneylenders. After seeing how many folks had gathered to hold them accountable, the moneylenders promised to abandon their unjust practices and return to the people all they had taken from them. Well, sitting in the crowd of that first Nehemiah action I ever attended, I noticed something happening in me that I am not too particularly proud of. I was judging how the assembly was being run. I was thinking of all the ways it could be more efficient, more organized, more clear, more effective. And as I was thinking this, as I was considering how I could help make that event even better, a woman got up and shared a story about how her family had been directly affected by gun violence that is plaguing our city. With tears in her eyes, she grieved the untimely death of her nephew, and as she spoke with passion and conviction, a lesson I needed to learn hit me like a ton of bricks. As a member of this church, from this side of town, I wasn't there to teach or to lead. 
or to offer wisdom. I was there to learn, to listen, and to receive. I was among God's missionaries, people who were blessing me with their courage and their faith. Who was the last person you received into your home, into your life, into your heart? Who was the last person you believe God sent to you? Here's the thing. God is constantly and forever sending people into our lives to teach us something. Strangers to remind us what really matters. Outsiders with a word we desperately need to hear. Mission workers with deep and spiritual insights. And according to Jesus, these carriers of God's word and God's wisdom are not only a doorway to blessing, they are also the way to an experience of God's very self. Whoever welcomes me, Jesus says, welcomes the one who sent me. So who was the last person you received into your home, into your heart, into your life? Who's the last person you believe God sent to you, not so you could serve them, but so they could serve you? Catholic activist Dorothy Day reminds us that a custom existed among the first generations of Christians when faith was a bright fire that warmed more than those who kept it burning. In every house then, a room was kept ready for any stranger who might ask for shelter. It was even called the stranger's room. Not because these people thought that they could trace something of someone they loved and a stranger who used it, not because the one to whom they gave shelter reminded them of Christ in some way, but because, she writes, plain and simple and stupendous fact, they were Christ. When we receive one of God's beloved messengers into our lives, when we open our hearts and our homes and even our church to strangers, when we embrace the fullness of hospitality, and show a willingness not only to serve, but also to be served, we received an unexpected yet long-anticipated guest, none other than the God of justice and mercy and peace and love. So one last time, who was the last person you received into your home, into your lives, into your heart? Who was the last person you believe God sent to you? Amen.